everyone. Welcome to the Bovada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com, the great Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, uh, college football, pro football, this is a football-centric episode. Are you ready for some football? I mean, I always tell myself that I am, but football season comes and, uh, you know, smacks me in the face each year. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited and uh, I do have to thank you, Seth, because I've never been called the great Patrick Morrow before. So, you know, that's a feather in my cap. That might just get me through the rest of the week. Yeah, well, I asked your wife what to call you and she just said pretty good. <laughs> she said pretty good, Patrick Morrow. I said, can I go great? She said pretty good. Um, Listen, if she's putting pretty good into the universe, then I'm then doing you're okay. you're satisfied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take that. Yeah. How about acceptable parent? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I that, that that's good too. I've I've been called a lot worse. Uh, I, I won't get into the specifics, but I've been called a lot worse. Uh, before we start looking at uh, week one in college, because there are like a handful of games that actually count, and I I, I cannot believe I'm going to be watching football that matters because you know my rules about preseason. I can't watch. Um, but. There is a very interesting aspect that's going on in college football, this new alliance between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. And now that the SEC uh, has added Texas and Oklahoma, it's a ripple effect. And a lot of people are think, thinking we are heading towards super conferences. And even though they're going to keep their individual branding, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, the fact that they are going to all have less conference opponents to incorporate other teams from these other conferences is really going to have a ripple effect throughout the whole thing. I know there aren't odds on it yet, Patrick, but man, this is going to be groundbreaking college football stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually... It's pretty cool, and it makes sense given the posturing of the SEC because, you know, it, well, first of all, you ask anybody in the SEC, they would have said they were a super conference uh, long before Texas and Oklahoma got invited to the dance. Uh, again, the only conference that literally shouts its own name at sporting events to, you know, show their dominance or their assumed dominance over the rest of the field. So I, I get it. it. It's a college football arms race right now, and if you're the Big Ten, if you're the Pac-12, a couple conferences, you know, the Big Ten's really seen as top heavy, especially in college football. It's Ohio State, Michigan, and then it's falling off a cliff. And really, it's not even Michigan. You know, that's that's a three loss team most years, the last five, six years. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're the Big Ten, if you're Pac-12, you know, the Pac-12 is definitely seen as number five of the power five conferences. It makes sense to try and consolidate power like this and try and ensure that you are not left behind. And I think for these conferences, it also will allow them and, you know, the ACC as well. I can't forget the ACC, but, you know, that's the Clemson conference essentially right now. Maybe Florida State uh, turns things around. But it, it makes sense that these conferences allow themselves this kind of flexibility to try and, you know, fight back and maybe get better non-conference games as a result each year to beef up their schedule. Uh, that said, uh, you know, the time zones are always kind of awkward. You know, the Big 12 and uh, sorry, the Big 10 and Pac-12 make for a, a nice Rose Bowl game uh, before the Rose Bowl game became a semifinal in years that it is a semifinal now. But otherwise, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 desperate. It's it's desperate. It's, it's what they need to do. But I mean, I, I think if you're the SEC, you look at that and you go, yeah, sure. You know, we would maybe take they would take Ohio State. They would take a Clemson right now. 
they would take a USC, but they would not take the sum of the parts of any one of those conferences. So it makes sense. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny to watch this, uh, you know, continuous college football arms race uh, underway, but uh, it, it'll be, you know, for us, uh, you know, we're going to continue to line the games. We're going to continue to uh, operate as usual in Bavada, but it is fascinating to see how this will impact the schedule. And what I love about college football uh, and it contrasts nicely with NFL preseason is right out of the gate. As you said, there are meaningful games being played. You know, they're not all bangers, but right out of the gate, we have conference play happening in big conferences in the opening weekend. And I love that with college football. You get that every week. You're always going to get, you know, more than a handful of games that really, really matter. And, you know, usually some pretty fun plays and some really nice upsets as well. So I, I, I dig it more wild, more crazy. Let's go. Well, it should be a fascinating time. And uh, like I said, I wonder if eventually we're going to see this. What I like the idea of is I don't want the NCAA having anything to do with the sport anymore. What I'd love is these super conferences just become their own utopias and let them govern the way they are, because that's what they did anyway. Mm -hmm. And the difference here is just let let's have it so if there's a super conference that involves the acc the big 10 and the pac 12 well the reality of that is is that encompasses the country so now you throw in the sec and if you put the big 12 with the sec you start to see the way it all shakes out and you could see an afl and an nfl and then you could get a super bowl you know what i'm saying like you could you can reconstruct college football to make it really like the NFL, this, this college football playoff right now, the problem, what it has done is it's, it's lingering because mm. there's this, there's this, um, there's still the bowl system and the bowls have been so minimized that many players don't even play in them and it's, they're stupid. And so what I'm saying is, is if you create this thing, you know, the NFL, when the, when the two leagues merged, and the NFC and the AFC came, they both were East, West, and Central. So in essence, the Super Bowl, like why are the Denver Broncos in the AFC and the Detroit Lions are in the NFC? Well, that's just how they drew it. Obviously, it stems from the merger. But the, but, but the point being is that these two conferences, what you could essentially do is you could create two college conferences and then have a playoff. So have the Pac-12 be a division, the Big Ten be a division, and the ACC be a division. And then you have it be where it's not one through six or one through 12. It's the winner of this division plays this division and have it be a playoff, a true playoff, not a arbitrary, you know, uh, football committee situation. Make, if, if you want to make it a sport, make it a sport. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm pretty much all the way there with you. Uh, for, right from the start, I mean, your, your first point, uh, love the idea of abolishing the NCAA because as a regulatory body in 2021, they don't really make sense except to hold back the rights of players from collecting, you know, what I think they deserve, you know, the fruits of their labors, the sums of their parts for, you know, an organization that generates billions of dollars in revenue each year off the backs of these kids. Um 
you know, when it, when it comes to expanded playoff, I, I think we're heading in that direction anyways. And I, I think that's okay. I, you know, I wasn't sure if I liked it at first. Originally, I really liked that at the end of the year, we picked one versus two, even if that was, you know, not the cleanest uh, process. But now that we've expanded it to four, you might as well expand to eight, maybe go even further. And uh, maybe let's eliminate some of these bowl games. Uh, you know, you touched on this idea that, you know, a lot of players just skip them all together now. And last year was a great example with COVID where, you know, some bowls just didn't happen. They had to invite, you know, lesser teams because it was difficult. You know, some just said they weren't going to go to any bowl, you know, regardless of whether it was the PlayStation Poinsettia Bowl brought to you by Arby's. I don't know if that was a real one, but, you know, you see the names of some of these and I'm, I don't think I'm too far off. So, uh, you know, the, the semifinal games, they're packed houses, they're nationally televised, it's big ratings. You, know, you could absolutely do quarterfinals. You could absolutely do even more than that. I like the division winner concept and then throwing in a wild card. I do wonder how you maybe seed that going into the playoffs. Like when you use uh, AP or coaches poll at the end of the year to determine that number one Alabama would play. I guess I, I said the Pac-12 is the worst one. So let's say USC. So, I, you know, there's interesting conversations as to how that would work for final seeding. But yeah, I, I think the bowl games uh, we could probably do with at least half of them being just absolutely cut and why not add uh, you know more playoff games because I think that would generate a lot more interest than these empty stadiums you know it's nice if you get to go to the Barbados Bowl but if you're at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl uh, I could see skipping that too right and then you change everything like you can make your playoff system and you could make it like the Premier League Mm -hmm. in soccer in European soccer because what you could do is you could have sub-level uh, divisions you could have a second tier and then say that your top three teams from the second tier you know by winning you're now in the first tier and the last place schools could have incentive to keep playing to avoid relegation so i'm glad you said relegation there because i you know as soon as i found out about european soccer it's like oh wait you could actually be booted from the league for underperforming i thought well, how great would that be in North America? And don't get me wrong. I know it would submarine the value of a lot of these teams. But uh, you know what? If you're a really good team willing to spend, and whether that's spending on players or spending on decent front office, uh, you know, Liverpool is still worth a shit ton of money. Uh, Barcelona is still worth a crap ton of money. Yeah, does it make uh, for top heavy in a lot of leagues? Yeah, to an extent. But I mean, you know, you do have, you know, I think it makes you appreciate when Leicester City at 5,000 to one goes on the run that they do like that because it is, you know, so unlikely to break, uh, you know, break outside of a Liverpool, Man City, uh, Man United, Chelsea, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll even throw in Arsenal, Seth, because I know you're a fan. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, when you have the contrast in North America where, you know, tanking is something that occurs in professional sports, uh, I, I love it. I would love that. Uh, you know what? Let's We're going to drop the bottom four NHL teams this year and promote the top four AHL teams. I know it can't happen. <laughs> I know that it's a legacy system now, but but I dig it. I dig that it's you know it's a playoff in England at the end of the year for these uh, division ones and champion uh, English championship is the division two, I think. But you know they they play a playoff just for promotion. It's you know it's awesome. It's very cool. And uh, but you know what? It's I I do appreciate that if nothing else, NCAA and uh, the. The, at least the sports under it, because I don't like the NCAA, but I do like that college sports seems to be the most open to change, the most open to thinking outside of the box when it comes to rules. 
and uh, what they're allowing. I, you know, I, and and it, it goes right to the play calling itself. Uh, and I, I've always loved that college football kind of drives innovation in the NFL, whether it's spread offense, whether it's a QB uh, that could also maybe be a tight end, uh, even if he didn't quite crack the roster in Jacksonville. So, you know, any of that kind of outside the box thinking and innovation is always a big win for me. All right. So we'll be taking a look at that as it, as it continues to materialize this Saturday, week one of the college football season actually gets underway. There are five actual games and four of them are nationally televised in the United States. Uh, let's take a look at some of these matchups, including a key Big Ten matchup, Illinois hosting Nebraska. Yeah, Illinois uh, is currently a seven-point home underdog against Nebraska. They played last year, and Illinois actually stomped them by double digits. But there's this real thinking, at least in our ratings, that Nebraska is, uh, you know, currently returning, uh, you know, many more starters, but not just starters, but productive starters. So at Bavada, as a result, we have uh, Nevada. Just or sorry, not Nevada. Nebraska is slightly uh, more popular, and just you know, the sum of their parts to be that much stronger than the fighting Illini as it currently stands. Uh, Looking at the action on that game, Seth, we're seeing about 70% of all bets on Nebraska so far. And the over-under is currently at 55. We're looking at about 60% of bets on the under. So not a lopsided affair just yet, but uh, come Saturday, I think that'll probably be the game with the most amount of handle on it. Staying in conference, going to the Pac-12 for this new alliance, UCLA hosting Hawaii. Seth, I got to tell you, when I first heard that Hawaii was playing the opening Saturday, my heart sank because there's a 50-50 chance that that game is being played in Hawaii and it's a midnight kickoff and I'm not going to bed until 4 a.m. with these, you know, college football. I love it, but, you know, they stop the clock on first downs. It's They're, they're long games. That, uh, but, you know, fortunately, this is an afternoon game and, uh, I, I, you know, I'm already grateful that I know I'm going to get a better night's sleep than I thought I might have. Uh, looking at the game itself, though, UCLA currently an 18-point favorite at Bovada. They are taking about 70% of all money so far, over under the highest of the week, all the way up to 68, and the action on that one split pretty 50-50. You know, when they talked about realignment the first time, UConn got screwed. Remember that? That, that was one of the things. They are one of the early starts this season. They're visiting Fresno State. Yeah, gosh, it's 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 tough to think uh, how far Connecticut football has fallen. Um, you know, they uh, I, yeah, I actually Syracuse just, went to the ACC and they didn't take UConn. It, it, it hurt that franchise. That's why this realignment thing is going to be very hard. Yeah, it, it, it hurt Connecticut uh, hoops and football, but especially football. I mean, this was a team that uh, in my lifetime, in the last decade, I believe uh, they went to a BCS game. I mean, they absolutely got rolled by Oklahoma, but they went to uh, one of the BCS bowl games, not the championship game, of course, but that was a team that, you know, they played against your Syracuse's. They played against, uh, you know, the Pitt Panthers and other, you know, reasonably talented teams. This is now a Connecticut team, Seth, uh, you know, a former major conference team, and they're 27-point underdogs at Fresno State. Unthinkable a decade ago, unthinkable probably even five years ago. And I'm looking at this now, and uh, the public is still all over Fresno State at that massive number. Almost four touchdown uh, favorites in this game at Bavada. And uh, we're seeing 80% of all money on Fresno State. So, uh, you know, hopefully Connecticut writes the ship one day. I've had some uh, good times uh, traveling to East Rensselaer Field in the past because it's uh, got a nice proximity to where I am in Montreal. 
But uh, yeah, it doesn't look like they're riding that ship anytime soon. Over under for the game, Seth, 62 and a half. Uh, action split pretty 50-50 on that one. All right. Other matchups include UTEP visiting New Mexico State, Southern Utah at San Jose State. But here's the best thing, Patrick. These games actually matter. The winners will be saved in their records, unlike what we are about to discuss, and that is NFL preseason. Well, yeah, NFL preseason. It's it's the preview. Nobody wants, but everyone continues to bet on it, Seth. It's so amazing. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, it's, there are four games Friday night, including the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. Yeah, so the New York Jets, they are currently four-point favorites at Bavada in this one. And, uh, yeah, we're seeing about 55% of all bets on the Jets so far. I would say the action so far is a little bit slower on these games just because they're as far out as they are. And because, like you just said, the college games actually mean something. So it's it's, it's this idea that, uh, you know, it's pretty clear what Illinois and Nebraska are going to be trying to do for 60 minutes on uh this uh, Saturday afternoon, but for these preseason games, it's not always clear cut. Uh, you know, very quickly, I, I look at the Monday night football game that just passed. The saints were up 21 to three. They were, they closed as five point favorites. Looks like a very easy win. No one cared in the last eight minutes of that game. The Jaguars got in the red zone three times in the span of six minutes and ended up with a crappy little backdoor cover. Listen, that was a great result for us at Bovada, but that is infuriating for betters who were absolutely on the right side of that game for about 80%. And not just on the right side, but comfortably on the right side with touchdowns to spare. Uh, you know, looking at uh, these NFL X games, it is wild that, you know, I get first quarter betting and there's a lot of sharp gameplay that we see on first quarter or first half gameplay when you know that there's still going to be QB competitions and people are fighting for position. But, ah. Uh, the people that are betting these full game results, uh, you know, my hearts go out to them because I don't have the stomach for it. You know, if if you love this stuff, I'm just telling you, there are <laughs> nationally televised games. All five Sunday games are nationally televised. Uh, Jacksonville, Dallas, Dallas, Miami, Cincinnati, Vegas and the Niners, uh, the Patriots and the Giants, Cleveland and Atlanta. They are all nationally televised games. You can have NFL preseason football from 1 p.m. on the East Coast till midnight. If you want, if you want, uh, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And of course, that means Trevor Lawrence. It does mean Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, one of my favorite players in college, uh, both on and off the field. And, uh, you know, th this is a great game to look at, Seth, because the Jaguars, they're currently three point favorites on the road at Bavada. And this is obviously would not be the case if it was a regular season game. We're talking about the Cowboys being, you know, small, but double digit favorites. They are at least 10 point favorites. If they're hosting that game, they're in the regular season, but the Cowboys are established. They know who their team is. They know what the sum of their parts are. There's not too much. They're trying to figure out. They are a team that's just trying to get through the other end of this preseason relatively unscathed. The Jaguars, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be QB one at some point. Will he be week one? Yeah. You know, I don't know if Urban Meyer was being cagey, but if he feels that he can't be protected just yet, it's, listen, the Jaguars are going to be crap this year. No one expects them to be good. They're over under for wins is something like four and a half. Uh, they don't need to race him out there. And, you know, he didn't look particularly comfortable on Monday night. That's a small sample size. You're playing a half of a game. Uh, you know, we know what he can do in college. We know he's great. We know he's a talent but I think they may want to see a little bit more. So as a result, you see situations like this 
where the Jaguars are road favorites against the Cowboys because you might see a little bit more Trevor Lawrence than you would have if he had really locked up that job in his opening two games. So, you know, again, that's the kind of thing where I would maybe lean towards betting the Jaguars in the first half if you think he's going to be giving you that much because at least you know what you're betting on. He's going to be giving it the whole time that he's out there. Uh, otherwise, you know, that full game stuff gets really, really wonky. And I think betters maybe have some scars still from that Monday night game. On Saturday, there's a bunch of games as well, including the New Orleans Saints at home at the Caesars Superdome, uh, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Caesars Superdome. How interesting is that for how long the NFL vilified betting on sports? And, uh, you know, the second, uh, you know, they were able to get the green light to do it. It's now the Caesars Superdome. How nice is that? Good for them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's nice to see sports betting out of the shadows and literally on the field in this case. But uh, as for the game itself, Seth, uh, the New Orleans Saints currently three and a half point favorites at Bovada. And, uh, you know, I think Jameis Winston gave uh, some pretty good separation in the QB battle on Monday night. He was definitely effective in his limited limited playing. They scored two quick touchdowns. Uh, You know, Callaway at wide receiver looked incredible. I can tell you that we had a lot of uh, Callaway over receiving yard player prop bets for the season while that game was going on last night. And he was uh, pulling in these bombs. Taysom Hill, uh, you know. Not as hot, but as far as we know, Sean Payton still hasn't made a decision as to who his week one QB one is going to be. So as a result, uh, you know, the Saints minus three and a half at home. They would be favorites in the regular season here there. Uh, But, you know, Arizona, a little bit more established. They don't really have too much that they need to be working out in this game. Again, that's another example where New Orleans, things to figure out. Arizona, not so much. As a result, the Saints three and a half point favorites and they're getting 60% of the money at Bavada right now. All right, so we, we have satisfied you. We gave you college games that mattered, preseason NFL games that don't, but football is here. The fall is here. Next week, we'll also be talking about the U.S. Open. We'll be just getting underway. So a lot going on in sports. Patrick, have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. That's Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Bavada at Odds podcast. We'll see you next time.